Blog Talk Radio. studio in St. Augustine, Ponte Vedra, Jacksonville, Florida. Thanks for listening to Eastern Airlines Talk Radio. My name is Neil Holland, the producer of the show, and we have a great show for you tonight because it's a special tribute to our fallen heroes. And to all the listeners around the world, we say welcome. Hello, Eastern family and friends. Having you with us. My name is Chuck Albright, coming to you from live from the beautiful villages in Central Florida area, where the weather right now is 74, and tomorrow is going to go up into the mid 90s. Welcome and thank you for listening and calling the show. We have truly, you have truly made us the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. In fact, we can now say we're becoming Eastern Airlines international radio show with over 50 countries listening in. We'd love to hear your comments and share your memories with the radio listeners from around the world during the broadcast. If you haven't called a show before, all you need to do is call 213-816-1611 and just say hello and talk to us. You'll be live on the air. We can identify many countries around the world who listen in with our blog talk radio application. Isn't it great that we can keep the Eastern legacy going out to not only our Eastern family, but to the listeners from all the many different countries around the world? That's what we try to do every week on the EAL radio show. Won't you join us by adding your voice to these broadcasts? Our thanks also to those who choose to listen by the computer using the radio icon on our homepage at www. .ealradioshow.com or perhaps by signing in at the site of our provider, Blog Talk Radio at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. Remember to abbreviate the word Captain to C-A-P-T. Should you wish to talk during our live broadcast, feel free to use our call-in number, 213-816-1611. At 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Let me repeat the number so you can write it down for your Monday night visits. 213-816-1611. By the way, tell all your friends about us. We'd love to hear from them. Don't forget, you can listen in to any of our 411 Monday night broadcasts 
and 75-plus Thursday broadcasts by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie, and that's C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E, and scrolling down through the archives of the broadcast. Each episode is briefly described. We're getting close to 500 episodes. Holy blue Sunoco! Man, we are really getting up there. Our lines are always open for calls. And if you choose not to participate and talk live with our hosts, we ask you to please mute your phone, as our producer does not have the capability of filtering out background noises. I see we're number one for takeoff. So, Captain, let's get Flight 415 in the air. Easton. 415, you're cleared to the Washington National Airport as filed, and you're cleared for takeoff. Maintain 5,000 feet. Roger, Easton 415, we're on the roll. 15,000 feet. Conducted by nonprofit organizations, 
dedicated to transporting as many United States military veterans as possible in order to see the memorials of the respective war wars they fought in. It is located here in Washington, D.C., at no cost to the veterans. Currently, these organizations are focused on bringing veterans of World War II to the National World War II Memorial and any veteran with a terminal illness to see the memorial of the war they fought in. Organizers plan to, quote, naturally transition, unquote, their programs to focus on veterans of the Korean and Vietnam Wars, as well as subsequent wars as the veterans of those wars get older. Honor flights arrive at all three of Washington's area airports, including Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport, Baltimore Washington International Thurgood Marshall Airport, and Washington Dulles International Airport. The veterans are generally escorted by volunteer guardians who help them onto the flight and getting around D.C. after landing. The taxiing airplane may be saluted by fire trucks, and passengers are often met uh, are often met by volunteer guardians, uh, are often met by fire trucks and passengers by cheering crowds in Washington or upon their return flight home. Chuck? 136 years our nation has observed the day to honor those who died for our freedom. It's called Memorial Day, and this year it is on Monday, May 27th. Most of us Think of Memorial Day as a day of swimming and barbecue, but it's much more important than that. The purpose of the original Declaration Day, as it was called in, the eight, in 1868, was to decorate the graves of the men who died during the Civil War. The tradition has been carried through all the war since. Today, we have a reminder why Memorial Day is so important. Many of us have heard or know about Pat Tillman. Corporal Tillman's story is just one that should make us all think. Pat was a pro football player with a multi-million dollar contract. He gave it up to join the Army to serve his country. Once in the Army, Tillman trained for and became a Ranger, one of the most dangerous Army jobs. On April 22, 2004, Pat Tillman gave his life in Afghanistan, defending us from terrorism. He was killed in action and became a national hero. But the truth is, he was a hero before he was killed. Just as all who fought for ours and our heroes, we gave our, they gave our lives so we can enjoy the pool and the barbecue and all the other things that we love. Dorothy? The casualties of war, Chuck, are not only those who died in battle, but also the families they left behind. President Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president, wrote of the solemn pride that must be yours to have laid so costly a sacrifice upon the altar of freedom in a letter during the Civil War to a mother who lost five sons. Nearly 500,000, that's a half a million military personnel, died during the U.S. Civil War. That's almost half of all Americans who have ever died during wartime and more than 100 times more than died during the American Revolution. That is, according to the latest estimates from the Department of Defense and the Department of Veteran Affairs. This Memorial Day, we decided to take a close look at the number of American service members who lost their lives during wartime in an effort to put their sacrifice into a broader perspective. And now we are proud to begin our roll call of remembrance 
which pays tributes to pays tribute to all those who died in our wars, conflicts, and incidents. Jerry Frost, if you're with us, would you read the list of wars and the casualties? George, would you can? Uh, yes, George, I'll go ahead. Up, uh, uh, Jerry, go uh, ahead and read that, please. Uh, who do you want to read it, Neil? Uh, I'm sorry, George. Would you continue reading? Sure. With honor and pride, we remember those who died in the Revolutionary War. The number was 4,435. The War of 1812, 2,260. The Mexican War was 13,283. The Civil War was 498,322. The Spanish-American War was 2,446. In World War I, 116,516 people were killed. World War II was 405,399. The Korean War was 54,246. The Vietnam War was 90,220. The Gulf War was 1,565. There were a total of 6,852 others who were killed in conflicts and incidents, peacekeeping missions, and during the war on terrorism. Don? On Memorial Day, for the National Moment of Remembrance, wherever you are today, stop wherever you are doing. Please, please place your hand over the heart as a gesture of gratitude and respect, and remember those men and women who died for us.
if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Pork Chop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. When we were kids in the 50s and 60s and then older in the 70s and 80s, American pop culture reflected a country familiar enough with its military to make fun of it at times. You had shows like Goma Fowl or Hogan's Heroes or Michelle's Navy. You had works of art like South Pacific or novels like Catch-22 and even movies like MASH respected the importance of the military and important things that it did were heroic in the large scale, like World War II. 
but it was still made of real people with their real phobias. But some now have started to have this artificially reverent view of military that's also distant and disengaged. Today, out of a nation of 320 million people, 1.3 million Americans are on active military duty, and another 1 million serve in the reserves. This is according to the Department of Defense. Dorothy? Well, Jim, uh, Neil has another sound clip to end the program, and we hope you stay to the end. It is a constant reminder every day the value this country places on our freedom. Mr. Producer, would you play this amazing story? There was a lawyer once, his name was Francis Scott Key. He penned a song that I'm sure you're aware of, you've seen it, it's in most hymnals throughout our churches, it's called the National Anthem. It is our song as an American. We go, however, to a ball game, we stand in our church services and we sing the words of that song and they float over our minds and our lips and we don't even realize what we're singing. Most of us have memorized it as a child, but we've never really thought about what it means. Let me tell you a story. Francis Scott Key was a lawyer in Baltimore. The colonies were engaged in vicious conflict with the mother country, Britain. Because of this conflict and the protractedness of it, they had accumulated prisoners on both sides. The American colonies had prisoners and the British had prisoners. And the American government initiated a move. They went to the British and they said, let us negotiate for the release of these prisoners. They said, we want to send a man out to discuss this with you. They were holding the American prisoners in boats about a thousand yards offshore. And they said, we want to send a man by the name of Francis Scott Key. He will come out and negotiate to see if we can make a mutual exchange. On the appointed day in a rowboat, he went out to this boat and he negotiated with the British officials. And they reached a conclusion that men could be exchanged on a one-for-one basis. Francis Scott Key, jubilant with the fact that he'd been successful, went down below in the boats and what he found was a cargo hold full of humanity, men. And he said, men, I've got news for you tonight. You're free. He said, tonight I have negotiated successfully your return to the colonies. He said, you'll be taken out of this boat, out of this filth, out of your chains. As he went back up on board to arrange for their passage to the shore, the admiral came and he said, we have a slight problem. He said, we will still honor our commitment to release these men, but it'll be merely academic after tonight. It won't matter. And Francis Scott Key said, what do you mean? He said, well, Mr. Key, he said, tonight we have laid an ultimatum upon the colonies. Your people will either capitulate and lay down the colors of that flag that you think so much of, or you see that fort right over there, Fort Henry? He said, we're going to remove it from the face of the earth. He said, how are you going to do that? He said, if you will, scan the horizon of the sea. And as he looked, he could see hundreds of little dots. And he said, that's the entire British war fleet. He said, all of the gunpowder, all of the armament is being called upon to demolish that fort. It will be here within striking distance in a matter of about two and a half hours. 
he said the war is over, these men would be free anyway. He said, you can't shell that for it. He said, that's, that's a large fort. He said, it's full of women and children. He says, it's predominantly not a military fort. He said, don't worry about it. They said, we've left them a way out. And he said, what's that? He said, do you see that flag way up on the rampart? He said, we have told them that if they will lower that flag, the shelling will stop immediately. And we'll know that they've surrendered. And you'll now be under British rule. Francis Scott Key went down below and told the men what was about to happen. And they said, how many ships? He said, hundreds. The ships got closer. Francis Scott Key went back up on top and he said, men, I'll shout down to you what's going on as we watch. As twilight began to fall and as the haze hung over the ocean as it does at sunset, Suddenly, the British war fleet unleashed. <clears throat> he says the sound was deafening. There were so many guns that there were no reliefs. He said it was absolutely impossible to talk or hear. He said suddenly the sky, although dark, was suddenly lit. And he says from down below, all he could hear the men, the prisoners, saying was, Tell us where the flag is. What have they done with the flag? Is the flag still flying over the rampart? Tell us. One hour, two hours, three hours into the shelling. Every time the bomb would explode and it would be close to the flag, they could see the flag in the illuminated red glare of that bomb. And Francis Scott Key would report down to the men below, it's still up. It's not down. The admiral came and he said, your people are insane. He said, what's the matter with them? He said, don't they understand this is an impossible situation? Francis Scott Key said, he remembered what George Washington had said. He said, the thing that sets the American Christian apart from all other people in the world is he will die on his feet before he'll live on his knees. The Admiral said, we have now instructed all of the guns to focus on the rampart to take that flag down. He said, we don't understand something. Our reconnaissance tells us that that flag has been hit directly again and again and again, and yet it's still flying. We don't understand that. But he said, now we're about to bring every gun for the next three hours to bear on that point. Francis Scott Keith said the barrage was unmerciful. All that he could hear was the men down below praying. The prayer. God, keep that flag flying where we last saw it. Sunrise came. He said there was a heavy mist hanging over the land, but the rampart was tall enough. There stood the flag completely nondescript in shreds. The flag pole itself was at a crazy angle, but the flag was still at the top. Francis Scott Key went aboard and immediately went into Fort Henry to see what had happened. And 
what he'd found had happened was that that flagpole and that flag had suffered repetitious direct hits. And when hit had fallen. But men, fathers, who knew what it meant for that flag to be on the ground, although knowing that all of the British guns were trained on it, walked over and held it up humanly until they died. Their bodies were removed and others took their place. Francis Scott Key said what held that flagpole in place at that unusual angle were patriots' bodies. He penned the song, Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming. Or the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that the flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet fly and wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. The debt was demanded. The price, it was paid. Stay. 
wiping my tears. Well, after wiping a few tears away, here are just a few quotes. Quote, I believe our flag is not just a cloth and ink. It is a universally recognized symbol that stands for liberty and freedom. It is the history of our nation, and it's marked by the blood of those who died defending it. That's by John Toon. Another one, quote, Things that are the flag that the flag stands for were created by the experiences of great people. Everything it stands for was written by their lives. The flag is an embodiment, not a sentiment, but of history. Her President Woodrow Wilson. Neil, it was a great, great presentation. That was fabulous, Neil. Thank you Neil, so much. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I, I, I have really the air here. Very cheering. Go ahead, Mike. Yes, we have uh, a little thing we do about the flag when we do our uh, QB meetings, and it's uh, it's a toast. It's called the Toast of the Flag, and it was done by John J. Daly, 1917. And it's uh, it reads this way: Here's to the red of it. There's not a shred of it, nor a sh- not a. Th- here's to a thread of it, not a shred of it, and all the spread of it, from foot to head. But heroes bled for it, faced steel and lead for it, precious steel shed for it, bathing it red. Here's to the white of it, thrilled by the sight of it. Who knows the right of it, but feels the might of it, through the day and the night. Womanhood's care for it. Made manhood dare for it. Purity's prayer for it keeps it so white. Here's to the blue of it, beauteous view of it, heavenly hue of it, star-spangled dew of it, constant and true. Dadium's gleam for it, state stands supreme for it, liberty's beam for it, brightness of the blue. Here's to the whole of it, stars, stripes, and pole of it, body and soul of it, oh, and the roll of it, sun shining through. Hearts in accord for it, swear by the sword for it, thanking our Lord for it, red, white, and blue. That's it. Very That's great. That's good. Very good. Well, I hope uh, today was a uh, a thoughtful day on all of our hosts and our listeners around the world. And um, it was for me putting this together. It um, it's, it's, it it really hits you, uh, you know those that have given the ultimate. And here just a few days from now will be one of the most remarkable battles in the history of this country, and that's D-Day. And uh, I believe that's June 6th. It is. And um, so we'll uh, talk about that perhaps on our next show. And uh, thank you all for listening, and I hope you had a wonderful day with your family. And um, we uh, enjoyed putting on our show tonight. Thank you. Uh, Dorothy? Neil, I, Neil, I have a few uh, quotes I'd like to mention. Uh, they're sure. by Simran Korana, and she says, On Memorial Day, we commemorate the soldiers who sacrificed their lives in battles to win or preserve our freedom. Many of them were young and women, young men and women who did not live long enough to fully experience the privileges that they fought to sustain. 
this memorial day we have a few quotes one was from francis a walker we come not to mourn our dead soldiers but to praise them and another from francis marion crawford says they fell but o'er their glorious grave floats free the banner of the cause they died to save and the last one, Daniel Webster, although no, though no sculptured marble should rise to their memory, nor in gravestone their record or their deeds, yet will their remembrance be as lasting as the land that they honored. Thank you. Uh, for our uh, veterans, I have on our website mentioned that we salute all of our veterans and those families who lost their loved ones for our freedom. And also what you had in your script tonight, I put, please, for the National Moment of Remembrance, wherever you are today, stop whatever you are doing. Place your hand over your heart as a gesture of gratitude and respect. And remember those men and women who died for us today. So we, too, from the EAL radio show, honor our veterans. Now, for our upcoming shows, we have uh, the next one we have is the future of drone aviation, and that's going to be another good show that Neil is going to give us some different items in that script that we're going to love to hear. And then we're going to follow that with the Eastern Family Hobbies, which is going to be a fun thing here in our hosts uh, tell a little bit about what they do. Um, We have a long lineup that we have coming up, so we'd like you all to stay tuned with us each and every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Our sponsors would like to thank once again Reaper for their generous sponsorship and our members who contributed to keep our program going. We had several that honored us with their contribution that we have listed on our website. So please don't uh, hesitate to go in and look at those that contributed also from our membership to keep our legacy going. Uh, Remember, too, that Reaper's first annual reunion is from September 4th to the 6th. Uh, Wednesday to Friday at the Embassy Suites Hotel in Kennesaw, Georgia. They have more information on the REPA website. It's under reapaonline.com slash reunion. And they have the application there as well as being in the repartee that you could use to download and fill in and, and send to them. And one last thing, um, just as an item, Charles Lindbergh, the American aviator and one of the best in aeronautical history, uh, was the first nonstop solo flight across the Atlantic Ocean from New York City to Paris, and that was on May 20th to the 21st. So we did want to remind everyone uh, that we thank him from all of our aviation uh, friends around the world. Uh, And the last but not least is uh, my dad was an American soldier in the American Armed Expeditionary Forces in France during World War I, and I commemorate this to him. Thank you. Back to you, Neil.
Morning, Captain, as usual. Be sure to tune in again next Monday, June 3rd, when America's favorite way to fly returns to cyberways. Radio show takes a passenger strip without a pilot. You guessed it, we're flying remote control in the Eastern drones. With this, we sign off by playing a little ditty, made popular by the champagne music man himself, Lawrence Welch. And a one, and a two, and a three. Till we meet again. Adios. Au revoir. I'll be the day. Good night. Thanks, guys. Good night. Thank you all. Memorial Day. Yes, go ahead, Jim Holder. You have something to say? I got a stack of these magazines, uh, 2019. If anybody wants one, I just sent Shay one. Let me know. Give me your address or by email, and I'll mail you one. You got okay. mine. I'll take one. I'll take got another one, Jay. Yeah, just send me your email E-A-L. address. I mean, not you your email it. address. Hell, your, your home you address. Can, <laughs> you can send it to too host much, at com, and we'll forward them all to Jim. Yeah. All Again, right, it's great. 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 Good night, sweet time, and pleasant dreams to you. Here's a wish and a prayer that every dream comes true. And now, till we meet again, adios, au revoir. Good night. Great show, Neil. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.